Welcome to the Maggie Williams Podcast, where we discuss hunting, travel, and outdoor adventures. Proudly sponsored by Rolling Thunder Game Calls, the sound of a new generation. Sponsored by Tacovas, handmade men's and women's cowboy boots and fine western wear. Don't go gently. And only one brand fuels the most sporting dog champions, which is why Kate's hunting season is fueled by Purina Pro Plan. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the Maggie Williams Podcast. I am very excited for this next guest. It's been a long time coming. And this is Mr. Ed Wall. Glad to be on here. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. We're here at Straight Lake this afternoon. Yeah, I've been on the road. So uh, just came up here for a couple days before Christmas to get a couple hunts in. And so kind of worked out where y'all could come over here and hop on here. What an establishment. And I've been seeing you had a little duck tour going on. Yeah, that was uh, last week we did, uh, I guess it was, did like 15 days straight, uh, Oklahoma, and then some public land in Arkansas, and then the duck extravaganza last week, which uh, is always one of my favorite ones of the year. Very exciting. Well, cool, cool. Well, I've got some questions here I've been real excited to ask you. So if you don't know Mr. Ed, He's probably the most well-known outdoors photographer in the game right now. I, I've <laughs> followed. Not true, but <laughs> it, it is true. He's a humble man. <laughs> he is very, very um, highly regarded as just a super talented photographer. Everyone in the game knows him. Most of them look up to him. He's an incredible guy to know. He's really good at what he does, and he's an even better guy. So I'm really happy to sit down and talk with him. I appreciate you saying that. But I, I'm dying to know, Ed. How did you get started as an outdoors photographer? Um, honestly, I just bought a camera as a hobby probably 10 or 12 years ago and started taking pictures and realized that I liked doing it and wanted to get better at it. And after a bunch of years of taking some bad, really bad photos, uh, I finally started figuring it out. And then a couple of years after that, had a couple of people wanting to pay me to do some stuff for them and... One thing led to the next, and here we are. What did you do pre-photographer? Uh, so I was in the medical field. Uh, I was worked for a medical company. I was a sales rep for a medical company uh, for quite a few years. And then in, I don't remember what year it was, but when uh, competitive bidding went into place, I was uh, the company I was with lost our bid for the product I was selling. So eventually, essentially my position was no longer there. And so... I was, uh, after that, I was broker in freight for about a year and uh, realized that, you know, I could make more money taking photos and I was doing and enjoyed doing it more. So I just decided to take a leap and do it full time and it's worked out. So I've been blessed for that. Very cool. And who was, who was the first company that you'd say you probably worked for professionally? Uh, the first, the first paid job I ever got, uh, one of my buddies, BC Rogers, who owns Ren and Ivy did a he did a shoot and said hey i'm gonna pay i'd done some stuff for him before just as a friend and said hey i want to pay you for this and 
Uh, so it, the first page job, I was actually, I was a little nervous because, you know, if you're doing it for free and the pictures aren't good, well, you get what you pay for. But when somebody's paying, started paying me for it, then it was actually a little bit of pressure to produce. And so uh, he was the first one that first page I've ever had was for Ren and Ivy, my buddy BC. So. Very cool. I've heard a lot of good things about BC as well, but that's, that's a pretty big gig to start out with. They're a very well-established company as yeah, well. Yeah, he, uh, like I said, it's, you know, it, was, uh, it was something he had set up just to shoot some product shots out at um, the airport in Jackson. There's like a private runway, and so he had got some models and props and stuff and set it all up, and it, it went really well. And so it kind of, I guess, kick-started it from there. Very cool. So what do you think your greatest accomplishment as a photographer would be? Ooh. Um... I don't know. I, I think uh, I've kind of set some goals for myself along the way. Um, like one of my biggest ones was to get into DU magazine, and they used to—they I guess they still do—but they every May and June issue they have um, their photo contests. So you could submit three photos every year, and I would always go back and forth on which three to submit. So that was like my big goal was to get into DU magazine. And uh, I guess it was 2000, I don't know, 2018, I think. They have a retriever category, a waterfowl category, and then a waterfowl hunting category. And they do a first and second in each. And then they have an overall winner, an overall runner-up. And so I think it was like 18, I won the retriever category. And Very so cool. I was like, man, it was really cool. It was like such a big goal. And then the following year, which Trip and I were just talking about earlier, was the, the year I had the picture from uh, – I guess I won't say the name, but it's a, a picture I took up in Arkansas of a bunch of ducks that ended up winning the overall the next year. Very and cool. So, and then the, I guess the year after that, I won the retriever category again, and they reached out to me and said, hey, we'd rather just pay you to take pictures. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. And so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a better gig. Yeah, absolutely. That was my, my you know, initial goal was just to get in the magazine. I, I never, it never, never fathomed them actually paying me for pictures to be in DU magazine. So that was a huge accomplishment. And I guess this past year, uh, being from Mississippi, I'm, you know, lifelong Mississippian. And um, when you buy your hunting license in Mississippi, you get a hard card. Yeah. Basically like, like a credit card. And it has a picture on there. And uh, so, like, one of my biggest goals was I wanted to get a, my picture on the Mississippi Sportsman's License. And the current one is a picture of my dog from a couple years ago. And so that was like a I've been really? trying for I've been trying for quite a few years for it. And so when I found out about it, it was I was pretty excited. It was a big goal of mine to accomplish. So if I buy my turkey license in Mississippi in the spring, will I get a hard card with your picture on it? Yeah. We got to so, keep it. That is so cool. Yeah, and, so, and when, the, when they told me, uh, so I'd actually, I submitted like this turkey picture and this deer picture that I'd never posted. Um, I still haven't, but I've, like, I'd saved them specifically for the sportsman's license. Never posted them anywhere. And one of the guys at the Department of Wildlife, um, like the previous year, I'd had the Mississippi duck stamp picture. And he was, he was like, man, congratulations on the duck stamp. And I was like, thanks. And he said, uh. He kind of looked at me and said, they tell you about the license? And I kind of cocked my head back, and I was like, no, nah, what about it? He said, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag now. Your, your picture's going to be on the 2023 license. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And I said, well, which one was it, the deer or the turkey? And he said, oh, neither. It was a dog. And he's like, it's a brown dog. And so he's describing the picture to me, and I immediately knew which one it was. And he said, uh, said we've never had a dog on the sportsman's license before. Wow. So I was like, well, that's even cooler. It's my picture with my dog on it. 
Absolutely. And doing the first one. So I was pretty excited about it. It's, you know, it was one of the goals I'd been trying to accomplish for quite a few years. So. That's awesome. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so you've been a dog handler for how many years? I would definitely not say a dog handler. Maybe <laughs> with my dog, it's probably more of a dog wrangler. Uh, <laughs> I understand. I've had, I've had Dietschy for, he's, uh, he's 10 now. Uh, but I mean, we, we did the whole hunt test thing and, uh, he's been great. I mean, I've, I've, dogs have been one of my favorite, probably my favorite thing, dogs and ducks to photograph, um, dogs coming back through the water just if the, you got so many aspects there that make for a good photo mm-hmm. water splashing the duck in the mouth um and so i've always been a big fan of photographing dogs and he um he's i mean he's been a great duck dog but he's he's a very good looking dog and so it helps to have a he's been a, a good model for me for the last 10 years and helped me uh take some decent pictures over the years very cool. And I, I know exactly what that's like. I have a dog, and she's a good dog, dog but she's a better model. Right, so right, yeah. She's very photogenic, so I know the feeling. Yeah, very cool, very cool. But 10 years is a long time to handle a dog. That's a, a blessing to have him that long. Yeah, he's getting kind of old now, and it's uh, he's still got the drive. It's it's tough on him now, though. He he doesn't recover nearly as quickly, and he's sore the next day. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to t- – this year, I've, I've already taken him on a couple, but I'm trying to get him on a few, few of the easier hunts these days. Well, I understand that for sure. You're known in the game, really, as the duck hunting photographer. That's what people typically just tie you to, I feel like. Have you duck hunted your whole life, or, or what exactly drove you to duck photography over other wild game? I know you shoot it all now, but I feel like most people associate you with waterfowl. Yeah, um, so I grew up, actually, I was more of a deer hunter, and one of my, my best friend, childhood best friend, Josh Reggio, he and his father, Ronnie, took me, I don't know, we were probably 12, uh, you know, a few times a year I'd go with them, and really enjoyed it, but you know, my my dad was a deer hunter, so I you know did more deer hunting growing up. Um, and then in college, I hunted some with Josh and Brooks, and uh, and then really got after I graduated college, I really got more big into duck hunting. And it's probably been ten years since I've sat in a deer stand. I mean, it's just uh, chasing ducks and turkeys, I guess, at this point. Since duck season, deer season coincides, so it makes it a lot tougher, and I travel right. a bunch, so it pretty much just stick to chasing ducks these days i totally understand that's the story of my life ducks and turkeys i deer i don't really mess with not not my thing yeah it's, i mean i do a little bit of photography for some deer but that's about it um just you know i mean taking photographs of deer hunting or even filming deer hunting is tough because it's just not that much interact it's just one person and when you're in a duck blind, there's so many more opportunities to take pictures, whether it's dogs, uh, people, people calling, dogs retrieving, ducks coming in. There's all kinds of opportunities for pictures there, whereas if you're in a deer stand, for the most part, you're sitting there looking at an empty block of woods, or a lot of times there's just you know some deer passing through, so there's not really a lot of opportunity for photography from a deer stand, I guess. Right. Well, there's also there's a lot less moving gears, and I know obviously big deer hunters would argue with this, but it's just a lot less going on. So. Correct. Yeah, totally, totally understand and agree. But you've been all over the country taking photos and hunting as well. But considering all the places that you've been to and all the people you've hunted with, what would you say is the most memorable hunt you've been on and what made it so special? The most memorable hunt? um, I would definitely say it was actually here at Straight Lake. Um, It's been a few years ago. um, 
one of my buddies, uh, Chris Wiseman back home has a, his son, Ashton, I think's about 16 now. Uh, when he was about 10, uh, we took him on a youth hunt and Ashton has Down syndrome and he came with us and we brought him a shot, a 10, 410 to shoot. And he, he just had a blast. So a few years later, Chris asked me about, he said, Hey, are y'all doing a, a youth hunt this year? And I said, yeah, probably. And he said, would it be all right if Ashton came? And I said, absolutely. And he said, man, I know it'd be a long shot, but if there's any way he could actually shoot a duck. And I was like, well, all right. Yeah. And he said, I, he said, man, I got him a BB gun. He shoots in the backyard. And he was like maybe 13 or 14 at the time. And so he's like, man, you know, he can, he can shoot a can at, you know, 10 yards or whatever. He's like, I think he can shoot one. And, you know, if it lands on the water. And I was like, huh, I got to think. And I was like, man, I'm going to make this happen. So I called Max here at Straight Lake, actually. And I said, look, I got y'all doing a youth hunt. And he's like, nah, we weren't planning on it. I was like, all right, well, we're going to do one. I got, we're just going to bring this one kid. And that's it. And all we needed, I just want him to shoot one duck. And so uh, some other companies, like, uh, kind of donated a bunch of, like, uh, Drake Waterfowl outfitted him head to toe. And, uh, Josh Razor made him a call and maxed him a bunch of duck spack stuff back then. And I mean, it was, they just went all out for him. It was, he just had a blast. And, uh, so we got in the trees that morning and ducks just pouring in at daylight. And he's, he has a little bit tougher problem with vision and he just couldn't get on one. And, and then about eight o'clock, I was like, man, this isn't going to happen. And about 10 minutes later, this one duck lands 10, 15 yards right in the hole and I told his dad, who's not a hunter, and I was like, look, you've got to kind of be like a quarterback in the pocket. You've got to kind of have that internal clock. When that duck lands, you've only got a couple seconds to shoot. Just have him kind of aim there, and when the duck lands, just, you know, let's shoot. And sure enough, the duck lands, and right as he goes to shoot, the duck actually kind of flies up, and he shoots high, and the duck just flies right into the shot, and he smokes him. And, you know, a bunch of grown men just acting like little kids. And there's one of the coolest moments I've the coolest moment I've ever had in a in a duck in a duck hole. It was it was pretty awesome. That's and incredible. We did a little video with it, and uh, it was it was very memorable. And it was it was cool. It just all kind of came together and really cool hunt. What a blessing! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That is unreal. That is that is very cool. I wish I had a cool youth hunt story like that. I I don't. This last <laughs> this last youth hunt. Um, we took several kids. They were very sweet kids. Um, and we, I mean, we landed probably 80 mallards on the water. It was the biggest group really? of mallards I've ever seen land in my entire life. Were in the woods or a field? Or we were in the woods. Landed 80. Wow. It was magical. We were, it, was, it was a big mm. cypress break is what it was. Yeah. It, you really, it wasn't really the woods, but open water. Yeah. And we were in some buck brush. And we had, hiding all these kids was a challenge already, you know. We landed 80, and we cut maybe three feathers, three mm. three ducks out all morning. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, it's tough with kids. We've done a lot of youth stuff up at the island, and um, I've done a lot of filming for youth. It's tough because a lot of times you've got to land them on the water because most of the kids, you know, they're not, they're not being able to shoot them. So, I mean, it's tough to call a group to the water. You know, it's tough to land, actually land them, in, especially in, when you're hiding kids, especially because you, normally you've got kids and parents, so there's more – Faces to hide, bodies to hide, people that are moving. So it's really tough to finish them. And then, you know, once they get finished, actually getting them aimed on there, um, it's tough. I mean, it could be tough. It's it's challenging when you got kids. But it's the good thing is with you got youth. It's it's not it's not as much about 
you know, big straps as much as just, you know, getting them out there, getting them out there. I'll tell you that I've hunted with kids in the past, but it's usually like one kid tagging along with a parent or a sibling and taking a group of kids gave me a whole new appreciation for my dad. Cause I was like, <laughs> he did this all the time with a 10 year old girl, you know, taking a 10 year old boy is hard, but taking a little girl in the woods is just a whole other deal with your buddies. And yeah, that's, that's tough. And so I was like, man, I, I really have a whole new respect for him after taking kids out on the youth hunt. Uh, my buddy Murray, he had the, like the greatest quote I've ever heard when it came to youth hunting. And it was 20 years from now, your kids aren't going to remember how many ducks you killed. They're just going to remember that you took them hunting. And I think that's, you know, rings true for everybody. That's just not going to, they're not going to remember that you shot six limits or one duck or whatever. It's just, they're just going to remember they were out there with you. That's I think true. that's the most important thing. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think that's a, a great statement. And I, that's true for me. I mean, there are several times in my childhood I can remember we wore them out. But more than anything, I remember, you know, I was always welcome. Yeah. That was just the most. You just remember being there. It was awesome. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You just remember being there, and that's that's all that matters. That is all that matters, 100%. But as a public land duck hunter, I love hearing stories from the Lost Break crew. Now that you have access to some prime private land, has your perspective on the public land game changed at all? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, has my perspective on public land changed? So prior to Lost Break, um, that's all we did was hunt public land. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which was great. I mean, it's I love I like hunting public land. I mean, there's a whole other aspect of of it there. Once we got the island, uh, lost break, and started hunting up there, there's I think there's pros and cons of both. Uh, Brooks and I have talked about before that when you've got public land, you show up open a day and it's there for you. Right. You know, there's when you're, yeah, you, know, you think uh, that private land it's easy, but you've got to all the preparation goes into private land throughout the summer and fall and stuff. Uh, it, you know, there's a whole aspect to that. Um, Private land can be great if it's, you know, but a lot of times you put in all this effort and time and money and everything and, you know, you end up with, don't have any ducks and it's frustrating. Or like this year, we've, we've got, we've got more food planted in duck holes on the island this year than we've ever had. I mean, it just looks phenomenal. There's not a drop of water on it. It looks like it's not going to be. And, um, like our, our main hole we hunt up there just, it's man, it would be so good if we had any water and the Mississippi River just didn't didn't cooperate and we've got a so we've got a pump that we a huge pump we put in I think three years ago that at a ten foot river level we can pump you know the entire all the duck holes but the Mississippi River and it it did, obviously it's a it's at a historic low and I think it hadn't been this low in I forgot how many years Brooks said but. Um, so we set it where we thought we'd never have an issue with it being too low. And here we are three years later, it's too low. Um, so we've been, uh, we've been bouncing around on public land and it, it honestly, after, after, you know, five or six years of hunting, mostly private going from fully public to mostly private and then back to some public, it's, I think it's kind of rejuvenated us. Uh, I know it has Brooks. I mean, Brooks is. I don't care how many years he spends on private land. He's always going to be a public land duck hunter at heart. He he likes he's awesome. He he likes beating the ducks and he likes beating you. Like that's <laughs> it's it's two challenges for him. He wants to he wants to win the hole and then he wants to shoot the ducks. And I think he's happy doing 
either one, but especially if you can do both. Um, That's a really good way to describe B10s. I was able to share a hunt with him for the first time this last week, and he's a he's a real rock star. He's a great guy. I love to be around Brooks. He's always been just super kind and fun to be around, but hunting with him was just a whole new aspect of Brooks I'd never been around. He's a hoot. Yeah, so you, you're getting new Brooks. <laughs> Brooks has come a long way. Brooks, Brooks used to be Brooks is like the night. Brooks Tinsley's nicest guy in the world. I love one of my best friends in the world. I love him to death. Back in the day, ten years ago, he was when you were duck hunting. It was like you walking on eggshells. He was a tyrant. Like it was really. But the truth of the matter is, though, <laughs> it, he. I heard him explain it one time. It was like, hey, I put in all this time scouting and got up. You know, we left at one a.m. Drove up. You know, all this stuff. You know, I expect you to be ready and right have your stuff together. You know, and I, I get that. 100%. I do too. I, look, and I'm, and, and we all like he would yell at us and what I mean, like we were kids and we all put up with it and just it was just part of it because we knew if we followed him, he was going to kill ducks. <laughs> and so it was just part of it. So that's why he actually has the name Hunt Balls. Oh, oh yes, it's well deserved. He, I mean, <laughs> he he's calmed down a lot in his in his latter years, but. There's, I mean, it was, he was intense for sure. The funny thing is I was telling the boys in the hall with us, I was like, Brooks is just the nicest guy I know. I've never seen him frown. He's, he's just good for morale. That's hilarious. <laughs> huh? Um, our, our kind audience was happy to intercept here for us. The rule is I have to be awake um, like 30 minutes before we arrive at the boat ramp. Because if I sleep on the way to the boat ramp, then I wake up swinging. Like, we'll, we'll fist fight if yeah. you wake me up. Yeah, and then and when you know when you're hunting public land, it's you've got to everybody's got to have their stuff buttoned up tight and ready to go because you know if you're if you're hole running, it's a you know matter of seconds makes a big difference. And absolutely, you know, it can't be like, hey, we got to turn around. I left my you know right. shells in the truck. There's no room for that. You got to be ready to roll and let's go. And he, uh, yeah, it's it's so him so us back hunting public land this year has actually been a lot of fun for me i i've actually really enjoyed it the as much as i travel it's it's made it tougher just because there's i mean anybody that hunts public land religiously knows you hardly ever sleep right and so i'm having to edit all afternoon and night and so i don't get those afternoon naps like most people do so but it's been uh i don't know man it's 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 been cool i've really enjoyed it we've we've actually We've uh, gone to the Midwest and hunted some public land and shot them good. And then uh, a couple weeks ago in Arkansas, and we're going to plan on hopping back on some public land next week. And uh, we've, it's been good. And I know Brooks is, has enjoyed getting back to his roots. <laughs> right. What's what's new for me hunting public land? I've, I've been hunting. My first duck hunt in my life was on public land. And I probably didn't hunt on private till I was 16. Because until I could drive, I had to hunt with my dad. And that meant we were going to the woods. And we hunted one WMA. And we hunted one block of woods, and that was it. There was no traveling on public. And so in the last few years, you know, traveling the state, it's just been a real, it's been just a real wake-up call. It's a lot different, because I used to know exactly where I was going. I knew, I mean, by the back of my hand how to get there. And it's just, right. it's it's a lot different not having a routine. And that's that's kind of something that was more prevalent in my area of Arkansas anyway, in that WMA, but... That's one thing about public land, not to, not to open this can of worms, but uh, that's one thing about the public land I grew up on that's worrying me. We won't be there much anymore, or as good as it's been in my lifetime. I'm not going to comment on that, but <laughs> I know there's, there's I've, I've heard that there's some changes coming, 
but we'll see. Um, I hate, I mean, I guess it's for the greater good, hopefully. Uh, the people, I guess the people making the decisions know a whole lot better than I do. I just got to trust that they're, they're going to make the best call for all of us in the long run. I know it's going to probably going to be some growing pains for, for a few years of mm-hmm. suffering through I, from what I've heard. Um, but hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, we'll, we'll look back and be glad that it was done. That's what a all, all diplomatic response. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I, like, I you know, I, I don't know what the right answer to a lot of the questions that, um, that we as duck hunters on public land have. And you know, like I said, that I, you know, I know the issues, but I don't know the answers. Right. I, I don't know how to fix it. I'm, I'm not qualified to make that call. And um, I'm just hoping that the people that are the ones making the call know what they're doing. I guess it's all you can hope for. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And I've, I've lost a lot of sleep over it lately. And I'm, everyone in my circle has been telling me there's literally nothing you can do. And so it's just. Oh, we were texting our group text today. There was, it, was, it was brought up in it. Um, so we'll see. I guess we'll that's, see. Yeah. that's all we can do. <laughs> yeah. so we'll see. Like I, said, I think, I mean, obviously, they're, they're trying to make it better for all of us, I think. I mean, I don't think they're out to hurt anybody. Um, like I said, I just I hope they've got the right information and going to make the best decisions. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do. If not, I guess. Uh, Rabbit hunting. Yeah, no kidding. I, I know our buddy Blake and his hip boots, he's ready to start rabbit hunting anyway. So that's just all the spark he needs to do it. <laughs> well, Kate won't be much of a rabbit dog, so I'll just be out of luck then, but it'll be okay. But uh, hunting with the hunt boss, as we mentioned earlier, obviously there could uh, be a lot of pressure, apparently. Has there ever been a time as a cameraman that you had to take the blame for a hunt going wrong? Um, let's see. I don't know that I've ever, I mean, I don't know that Brooks has ever, I don't know if I've ever messed up a duck hunt. I will say, I know for a fact, he said it indirectly to me and probably directly to everyone else <laughs> that, that when it comes to turkey hunting, you know, I'm filming him a bunch and, uh, you know, I'm toting around two cameras and a big tripod and at my tripod, every time I pick it up, the legs, like the way they go together, like I've gotten so good at trying them not to touch, but when they do, it just ding. Mm-hmm. And he'll snap that head around at me every time. And uh, <laughs> last year, I set up. Uh, we were tucking out with his, me and Brooks and his daughter Corbin, uh, like open day youth season. And I got the blame for this, but I, I'm I, still to this day, I don't think it was my fault. He he set up where he thought the turkey was roosted, and they were facing that way. So I got behind them. Well, all of a sudden the turkey gobbled, and he was behind me. Oh and I was no! Like, oh, this ain't good. Pitch down and comes coming right at us, gobbling every step. And the back of my camera has a red light that's blinking. And, <laughs> you know, microphones have lights on them also. And, like, I had, actually had tape over a couple of them, but there's one red one, and that turkey's right behind me. And I was like, mm, this isn't good. And sure enough, he got to putting, and there was no doubt that I, he saw the light on my camera. So, yeah, I think I've been, uh, I think Brooks is blame me for quite a few bumping quite a few turkeys uh, and some of them i definitely have uh, i will i will admit but you know like I, i've always told you there's there's a difference in hunting and hunting for tv and so especially when it comes to duck hunting um for sure but you know nature of the bees i try to <laughs> to to bump as few as possible just because i know i'm going to catch the backlash but uh yeah he's definitely blamed some some turkey hunting 
turkey hunts going around me, but I don't know that any duck hunts necessarily. And on that note, we are going to transition to our commercial break. If cowboy boots are on the holiday wish list, give the gift of Tacovas. Their western boots for men and women are handcrafted from top-notch hides in a variety of timeless and fashion-forward styles. They'll have everyone on your wish list saying yee-haw. Or stop by your neighborhood Tacova store and shop the finest leather and western goods in the land. Start off gifting season on the right foot at tacovas.com slash Maggie. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash M-A-G-G-I-E. Don't go gently, y'all. Unless you know of one that I'm... I, I don't. I, I, don't I wanted to hear that turkey story, though. I've heard about it. So oh, I was, yeah. There's, there's several of them. I know that <laughs> for sure. Like, he was like, I don't know. But you're one of the most experienced cameramen in the game, seriously. It's it's going to happen. I mean... For sure. That's uh, part of it. Yeah, that's... Turkey hunting, it, it's definitely tougher. But, like, you know, duck hunting, you can... It's a lot easier to hide and move when of you're course. to kind of get the angle you want and everything uh and you just watch the ducks and you know when to move when you're duck hunting turkey hunt when you're when you're there you're there and it's kind of and you know like i explained to him hey look if the turkey comes this way i've got to move this camera right <laughs> like i'm trying to be discreet about it but i've got to point the camera at the turkey right so, of course uh but yeah, he actually towards towards the end of last year we'd split up and he'd send me with somebody else. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> well, I got the hint. I gained a whole new appreciation for anyone that's got a beautiful film of a turkey because this last turkey season I was tasked whenever I wasn't on the gun, I was camera girl, and there's not a single. I turkey hunted in ten states last year. There's not a single footage of me behind the camera that turned out. It's it's tough. Yeah, uh, yeah, it can. I mean, it definitely can be. Um, it definitely can. It, it depends. I mean, some some hunts are ter- are tougher than others, depending on your setting, uh, what you know, what type of terrain you're hunting, all that stuff. But it's definitely it can it can be really tough, especially when you can't really move and um, you're just kind of stuck there. You got to. It to me, it's all about. I think being a good cameraman with your whatever you're filming, it helps if you're a a pretty decent hunter of that species like um like duck hunting like i can i can watch ducks and know what what they're about to do and know when i can move when i can't i can know which way they're about to finish so i can get lined up to try to get the best shot that i can same thing with turkey hunting like you kind of got to know what a turkey's going to do or or try to anticipate best you can so that hey this turkey's about to walk behind this tree now is when i can move you know move my camera a little bit and but i think a big thing with turkey hunting is, is figuring out where you're going like the best place to set up um even if you're calling off the roost or if it's mid-morning one's goblin is trying to figure out the best place to get set up so because you're once you're there you're there for right. the most part um and i've gotten i think better at trying to really pick take my time pick my spot so that i get the best angle and best chance of getting it on film that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense, and I'll be honest with you. I think I shake more on the camera than I do on the gun. I don't. I don't know how you do it all the time. Well, I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it can be, but I. I mean, I don't. I don't get them. I mean, I miss occasionally too with with, with some ducks and stuff, and even with some turkeys every now and then. But I've, I've gotten to where I, I feel, you know, pretty decent about that. I'm gonna get it. It may not be the best for sure. 
but it's uh, I usually more times than not I'm gonna, not going to miss the entire shot. But right. So. So you're, you're a Mississippi boy. I'm just going to say outside Mississippi. I'm going to assume that's your favorite. What's your favorite state to turkey hunt in? Um, I mean, favorite state turkey hunt in. Honestly, probably Nebraska. Nebraska's cool. Yeah, we've uh, we've done some some public land stuff out there, and so we've 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 taken some trips out there over 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 the years, um, and had just some really good stuff. And I guess it's partly because you, know, you get a group of your buddies, and you're taking a road trip, so you're in the truck together for 14, 15 hours going out there, and it's just a good time, you know, spending it with your friends. And then, but we've been it's been really productive, and so. In Nebraska, so I'll, like a turkey hunt in Mississippi, it's it's tough to, from a photography standpoint, there's like there's not a lot of opportunity uh, to take a lot of great photos because Mississippi's so you know hardwoods, pines. When you get out to the Midwest, you can it's actually yeah you you can see a lot more and actually like if we're turkey hunting in the morning or something in the afternoon, I can kind of slip around and try to take some photos or videos and so or see turkeys off the side of the road and and get some stuff and so that aspect of me from the photography I, I like it as well out there but it's it's Nebraska's been great um Ten- Tennessee's cool. obviously um we've, we've gone up and hunt with uh my buddy Kerry Wicks up at his place and like it's some of the prettiest where he's hunting some of the prettiest places that I've ever turkey hunted it's really cool um I'm definitely gonna have to go back up there with him this year but yeah I'd probably say uh, Nebraska, Tennessee, probably two of my favorites. Tennessee is a cool place. I've killed one bird in Tennessee, and it was it was incredible. A lot, uh, a lot of turkeys up there. So many birds, so many birds, and I mean, I was literally at a gas station buying a Red Bull, and an old man walked up to me in my camouflage, and he's like, "Have you killed a turkey yet?" It was literally Easter Day, and I was like, "No, sir, I haven't." He said, "Well, I noticed your tags are from Arkansas. When do you go home?" I was like, "Well, I'm going home tonight." He's like, well, I got a field full of turkeys if you think you can go kill one. <laughs> Just let me go up there and kill one of his turkeys on don't, Easter. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I, that's, what, that's what I said. I went and kill drop one. Drop me that pen. I'm headed that way. <laughs> I followed him like half a mile down the road to really? his farm. Let me kill one. No kidding. That's Great. awesome. Tennessee's just cool. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we've done, so we've, we've gone up there a good bit and done, um, we've done some youth stuff up there. Uh, Brooks has taken his little girl up there a couple times. We've gone filmed up, up there. And it, I mean, it's just a lot of turkeys up there. And so it's it's awesome. It makes for makes for better hunting when you got more to choose from. Um, I've done some in some other states that weren't as good, right? And, and so you spend all day and hear one turkey gobble one time, and it'd be frustrating for sure. Very frustrating, absolutely. So this is a funny question, but uh, in the day and time where everybody with a camera calls themselves a photographer, do you think that social media has helped the photography game? Do you think it's hurt it? Uh, I, I think it's definitely helped it. Um, and everybody with a everybody with a iPhone is a photographer on some level. I mean, it's I, I think I think it's social media has definitely helped it. Um, I know for me because it's. It's, it's a place to showcase your your passion and your work and um, you know it's 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 led to me making a career out of this so I you know I'm obviously a fan of uh, social media when it comes to photography and I think it's 
um, what's cool is like I, I talked to a, a kid yesterday who's in college and he just got his first camera and um, it was a, uh, somehow Harrison knew this kid and gave him my number and he called me and I was like hey I've been following you on Instagram I love your stuff and I'm, I'm I love taking photos and I want to get better and I talked to him like an hour on the phone on the way up here and so it's it's I think it's like that opportunity for that kid to maybe see somebody else's work and say man that's really cool and ends up him buy it leads to him buying a camera and all of a sudden he finds this passion that he didn't know he had for something and maybe you know 10 years from now he's making a living with a camera and that would you know so i think that aspect of it it's you know it's been great i mean there obviously there's some downsides to it as well um but i think overall i think for me there's a lot more positives to it um than there are negatives i think you know whether i mean any photograph there's no such thing as a good one or a bad one it's all in whether something's good or bad is in the eye of the beholder what one photo that i might think's great you might not and vice versa so um anybody like i said that's got an iphone you can take some great pictures with your iphone i mean you really can and so you know it's just an avenue for people to take a picture and show it to that they're proud of and show it to everybody and for you know people to that like looking at this type of photography or that type of photography there's a huge world out there for them to look at all this stuff and so I think, I, you know, for that aspect, I think it's been great. Very cool. Awesome. Hmm. I, I love that answer. That's, that's a very happy, positive answer. I think that's great. So what, as a photographer, what is one thing that you wish you knew whenever you started? <laughs> There's a ton of stuff I wish I knew. There's stuff I wish I knew now. <laughs> uh, I wish I knew when I first started. Um, honestly, like as far as like about cameras um i wish somebody had just sat me down and said hey learn how to use shutter speed and everything else will just be a lot easier um i mean i spent years i literally didn't have a clue just pointing and clicking and spraying and praying and every, <laughs> every every blue moon i'd get a decent one and or at least what i thought at the time was a decent one i look back now i'm like man i thought that was so good and it just wasn't but <laughs> i think uh you know there's a, there's a lot of aspects to a camera that you know a camera's all about uh composition and framing and, but the main thing is just light is you know you've got to you've got to figure out how to get the light right the, the correct light um to that sensor and Shutter speed for me, especially shooting moving subjects, um, which I do mostly is what I'm doing. You gotta you gotta know how shutter speed works. And I think, like the kid yesterday that I talked to, that was like the main piece of advice I gave him was watch a bunch of YouTube stuff on how to use shutter speed, and you can kind of set the your your other settings up pretty simple, and then just use your shutter speed to learn how to manipulate the light and your subject and you know and so i think if somebody told me that early on it would have been a big help I feel right like. that there's a rumor that i heard that you refuse to take any pictures of anybody in portrait never taken one that is so funny never taken a vertical picture in my life <laughs> yeah so I, I i don't know why like i just i just don't i don't like every time i turn my camera like i see somebody turn a camera sideways like it's i've it's never dawned on me to do that i like i've a bunch of years in this and i've never taken a picture like that my mother god bless her every time she takes a picture with her iphone she's got her camera pointed straight up and down i'm like mom just turn it sideways <laughs> like you don't need to get their feet and the 10 feet in front of them right on the ground in the picture 
just shoot it from the waist up. You're probably trying to get their smile and them hugging or whatever. Like, turn it sideways and go a lot closer, and it'll be a lot better picture. And <laughs> I've, I've told her no less than 10,000 times. Every time she pulls it out, she's got it straight up and down. Although, about a couple months ago, she pulled it out and turned it sideways, took the picture, and looked over at me, and I said, I'm so proud of you at this moment. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's the first one she's ever done. But, yeah, I don't know why. Like, I mean, you know, vertical pictures are, are great. I just, I don't know. I guess it's, I really don't, I don't, it's not like I'm having thing against them, or, but that's right. just not my style. I don't know why. I don't remember who said it, who told me. We were at the Foxhole shootout last year, and someone was like, let me, I can't even remember who it was. They said, let me find Ed and have him take a picture. And someone in the background piped up and said, well, he won't take it up and down, that's for sure. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, I was like, that's what I said. Unless you're taking like a prom picture, you need their feet in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's just hold it sideways. Or, um, <laughs> it makes for a, so pro tip for the day, if you're taking a picture <laughs> of someone, turn your phone sideways, not up and down, and scoot a little closer. And if you've got that portrait mode, even hit that, and it'll be a lot better picture than taking it vertical where you've got their feet and six feet of sky above them and all that stuff. The more you know. There you go. That's the pro tip of the day. <laughs> so do you prefer photo or video? Definitely photo. Uh, I, you know, I love doing video videos. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, we, we've done Lost Break now for a bunch of years, and uh, my boys out there in Oklahoma at Crash Landing have been a blast video. Um and I, I love the, the, I think the biggest part of the video for me that I enjoy is that, like, if you've got a, a chance to tell a really good story, um, right. you know, we've, I've, I've even done like a roofing video one time. It's one of my favorites about, uh, this watching construction is coming to do stuff where they, they donated a roof for some, for this man who's, um, disabled and stuff. And so we did a video for it. And it's like, it was just really cool to tell this guy's story. Um, so I, I love that aspect of the video being able to tell the story but i just I, I love taking pictures like i literally love taking pictures i you know can i can sit and take pictures of ducks all day every day i was take i took pictures of ducks today for i don't know probably eight plus probably seven eight hours today and that's unreal i think i got maybe two good ones because they landed too far but like i don't know it's kind of calming for me like this time of year i'm kind of running pretty ragged and always on the move and so like those couple hours in the afternoon or morning or whatever it is when just, just sitting there just watching ducks be ducks and uh by yourself it's kind of oh, it's kind of relaxing and calming and i just you never know what's going to happen you know they feel like the coolest shot ever could take place in the next five minutes and so there's always that anticipation feeling and uh you know and the challenge of trying to get one in focus and framed up and you know right before they hit the water and i'm just but i'm so i'm always going to be a photographer at heart um videos you know it it as far as uh making a living it you know that's what kind of pays the bills but um i really enjoy photography i can definitely respect that for sure so what companies are you working for right now um We've got, I mean, obviously we've got a bunch of sponsors for Lost Break, um, and out of Crash Landing, and um, we do uh, we do a bunch. Of, we do the social media stuff for Drake. Um, we got you know, obviously Mossy Oak and Reaper and Legends Dog Food, Retay, um, Backwoods Grind, Light Boots, Lost had a bunch of them that sponsor um, 
It's got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I've, I've, I'm, I guess one of the things I'm good at is I'm, I'm pretty organized, and so got to uh, be. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not the best photographer, but I'm probably as organized as anybody. Like I know, you know, when you you're working with sponsors and companies, you've got deliverables that you've got to get to them, and so I try to um, keep everything organized and make sure that I get those done. And you know, when you're duck hunting, you've got to. You know, if you've got contracts coming, you've got to fulfill those. And so in the back of your mind, it's, hey, I'm filming this hunt, and I'm also taking pictures of this guy and his kid for him and the dog over here. But I've also got these companies I need to get, you know, photos for them as well. So you're always kind of looking for the next good photo, but also the next good product photo that you know they can use. Right. And so Absolutely. It's kind of finding that gray area there, of the happy medium where you can do all of them at once. <laughs> so as a hunter as well as a photographer – now that your career is essentially just photography and hunting, how often do you get to actually be behind the gun and leave the camera at home if you ever get to? It's pretty seldom. Uh, I think last last season I hunted 81 days, um, and I took a gun, I think, four. Whew. Yeah. That's tough. It's really not, though. I, like, it's, it's honestly not. Like, it. I enjoy – I mean, don't get me wrong – I enjoy shooting ducks for sure, but I, I mean, I enjoy filming it just as much. I really like the a perfect example was the, I guess it was, I guess it was two seasons ago, maybe uh, right at the end of the season, river came up at the island at lost break and um, the season ended on a Monday. And so everybody had hunted that weekend and went home and Brooke said, man, let's, let's stay one more day. And it was me, him and Murray. And I was like, hey, you know me, I'll stay. Hang on, you know? And so, and like the river had been up the last two weeks, so we had just stepped on them pretty good, and I had tons of footage. So I was more footage than I could use. And he said, "Come on, Big Murray, stay. Me, you and Eddie will go." And he said, "Hey, don't don't worry about that camera. Just bring your gun tomorrow." I was like, "All right." And so um, I was like, "Yeah, well, you know, I've never taken a gun up there in five years, you know." So uh, the river had actually come down just enough where we could stand, and we had like this one hole, one of our favorite holes. It was a perfect southeast wind. And I was like, all right, it's going to be good. And the first group of the morning just lines up perfect in that sunlight. And just right as the sun's coming up and they do it perfectly, shoot like four out of the five. And all I could think was, man, that would have been a great video right there. Them just locked up, coming in perfect. That's all I could think of. And so I was like, well, you know, it was awesome to see them come in and shoot them. But all I could think was, really wish I'd been videoing that. <laughs> so you can't turn it off, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I enjoy that aspect of it just as much as shooting. So is Wall Media, is that a company or is that just a one-man band? Like, do you now I've delegate? Got a, yeah, we've got a, I've got some really good guys that are working for me. Uh, Mark Wheat, uh, he lives in, uh, outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He's unbelievably talented. He's He's been filming for me for like three years now. He was actually a full-time teacher and I'd seen his stuff online, on, on Instagram and stuff. And I reached out to him and I, you know, I was like, hey, would you be interested in helping me film some stuff? And he was like, absolutely. So... He's uh he's helped me film all the crash outland crash landing outdoor stuff. Um and he actually like he was one of those guys that he was a lot more talented than he than he knows. And so and I could I could tell it, but I don't think he could. And so uh, I was like, Look, you're gonna at some point outgrow me, but just come film with me for a couple of years and we'll have a good time and you know, I'll try to teach you stuff, you can teach me and um uh, he ended up quitting his job as teacher and so he's doing it full time and that's awesome yeah and so he's uh he's helped me he and i have kind of like done this he 
it's more of a partnership deal. He and I work on a bunch of stuff together. Um, I got a new guy, Owen Axley, who's from the same area I am. Young guy, he's getting into it, but he's also really talented. And uh, another guy that edits for us, um, does a whole bunch of our edit- editing, uh, Justin Fortune. And so it's uh, kind of built a little team that kind of, that's been a huge, huge help because when you're filming and photographing and trying to edit and we're putting out episodes during the season, it's, it gets, overwhelming. yeah, it gets, it gets overwhelming. And, uh, everybody's, everybody always says like, man, you've got the greatest job. And I was like, I do, but right. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of hours. Uh, you know, when you film all day and then go sit on the field and try to take pictures in the afternoon and get back, I mean, you've still got five hours worth of footage to go through and Whew. it's, you know, very seldom am I, you know, in bed before midnight during duck season and then you're up at 4 a.m. the next day. I mean, I, that only wrong. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it's, you know, n- nobody really wants to see how the sausage is made, I guess you could say, but it right. it is a great job, but it's it's very time consuming. But luckily having these guys now have just been godsend and they're all super talented and have been a huge, huge help. So how do you occupy your time during the off season? Because June to September, I mean, that's a pretty big. Yeah. So we, well, we've got, um, we do a lot of stuff outside the outdoor industry. We've got um, a bunch of companies that we shoot their TV commercials, run their social media. That's awesome. Um, we've got a big roofing company in Jackson, Watkins, that we, like, we film for them, like, a couple of days a week. And, like, wow. people are like, how do you, like, it's a roofing company. I was like, well, that's, they're killing it. And so they're. Uh, they do a whole lot of advertising and stuff. And so at least one or two days a week, we're filming with them or shooting photography and for social media and stuff. And so we've got a handful of companies that we outside the outdoor industry, um, that we work with that year round, but more so in the spring, summer, fall type deal. Um, so it's, it stays pretty busy year round about June through August is like the three months that I kind of like, all right, it slowed down a little bit enough for me to play a little golf and maybe <laughs> relax a little bit. But the other nine months is pretty hectic. And so, Well, I being from Arkansas, obviously, you know, I know who John Daly is. I'm not even a golf fan, but I, I've been told that you were the John Daly of Mississippi. Is that true? <laughs> Probably only the bad parts. <laughs> definitely not. Ta- <laughs> definitely nowhere near as talented, but. Probably, probably just all the bad stuff that the daily did. It's probably the only comparison you could make there. But no, nah, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy playing golf, and uh, but that's and I'm decent at it for sure. But that's you know, it's just something I enjoy doing. But nowhere near as talented as somebody like him. This past summer, I, um, I qualified for the USGA Mid Am. Um, we got to go to New York, uh, play Sleepy Hollow, which is, I mean, for an amateur golfer. Uh, I was qualifying for USJ events, kind of like the pinnacle of amateur golf. So it was. Wow. It was a cool. It was like it was when um, it was like one of my big goals uh, was to play in a USJ event, um, and I played my first one in 2016, and then this one. And so I'm getting a little getting a little long in the tooth to be trying to qualify these days. So it was kind of cool that I I uh, got to play in this one and. Uh, it was a blast. We had, we had a good fun. Had a great time. Uh, had some buddies come up with me, and uh, one of my buddies came and caddied for me. My wife came. Aaron came with me, and so we kind of took a vacation type deal, and um, got to go spend a week in New York, which is always fun. That's incredible. Yeah, on the way here, uh, I got a call from a really good friend of mine named Lacey, and every time I you know bring up Ed Wall to anybody, they're like, oh yeah, that photographer. 
Well, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to record a podcast with Ed Wall. And she goes, oh, he's a huge golfer. <laughs> so she told me to tell you how, but that, yeah, I knew you were known as a golfer to at least somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's what I guess the people outside the outdoor industry, I guess that's what everybody associates me with is, um, is golf. But, you know, I mean, it's, you know, golf and hunting, that's my, my, two, my two deals that I enjoy. So, Two expensive hobbies for sure. Yeah, definitely are. But um, luckily, I'm getting I'm making a living doing one of them, so it helps a little bit. It balances <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, I can make enough money you know, hunting to pay for some golf stuff. So, well, my first golf tournament, my first golf. I was there. Yeah, you were there. Saw, it, was, it was the foxhole. I saw that. It was. I was I, impressed. It was, oh no! <laughs> I mean, I saw you make. It, on the putting green hitting some putts and I was like man when you said you'd never played before I was like well that's not bad for somebody that's never never putted a golf ball before you well you know, Lacey was helping you getting you lined up and everything and yeah I was like we got a full-blown lesson going on right here on the putting green I was, like, <laughs> was kind of like trying to sneak in and get some tips from her I'm telling you I'm gonna need a lot more lessons before I go back but uh yeah I think my golf career is that was it I think it's coming to an <laughs> Short-lived. end Short-lived. yeah yeah, but I think that was that's very cool. I did not know that about New York. That's, that's yeah. incredible. Made a hole. I made a, made a hole in one while during the tournament while I was there, which was like it, it was it was one of the coolest coolest moments of my life for sure. You uh, made a hole in one while you were there. Yeah, during the tournament. That's uh, it's like it was a. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a they have a like a famous par three there. It's uh, it's like one of the coolest views in golf, and it's like their signature hole. It's number sixteen, overlooks the uh, Hudson River, and um, so when I qualified, a bunch of people had sent me like, "Man, this place is really legit. You're gonna have a blast." And all the pictures they sent me were of this hole. They called it the thumbprint, and like when we played it in the practice round, I was like, "Man, this is awesome. This is such a beautiful view and like such a cool hole." And then like the actual first first round of the tournament, I. Hit, hit a shot in there and it ended up going in with like 100 people gathered around it was it was pretty cool i'm, I'm not gonna lie it was that's unreal yeah it was, it was one of the cooler moments of my life for sure it was uh, like if it had been a movie it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have even been it just seemed not real but it yeah i mean how do you top that i that's right and it was the first round term i was like well whatever happens from this point on doesn't matter because you know i got this this that's, is amazing to, you know to get there was was such a a big dream uh and then to have that happen was just you know very good lord blessed me that day for sure that so. is that is the best thing i've ever heard that's <laughs> awesome ed very cool so to shift this back a little bit into photography i'm dying to know this what is your pet peeve as a photographer pet peeve as a photographer um Huh, that's a good question. Besides the prom photos. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily know that I don't necessarily have a pet peeve. Um, like, I guess sometimes when I see, when I see photos, I, I want to, like, yeah, I, I want to, like, fix it. Like, hey, this, you don't have that, like, I want to tell that person that took that photo and how many of them know that person just like hey you need to move that over you got it framed up wrong it's on the wrong third you need to move it from the left side to the right side it'd be such a cool picture you know right um i don't guess i really have any i don't know pet peeves necessarily um but maybe just i guess just wanting to like tell somebody like hey let me 
like, I, you know, I don't want to, maybe that's their style. You know, there's not like a wrong way or a right way, but there are some, a lot of times I, you know, I'd see somebody take a picture and like, I feel like I could help them, but I don't want to be like, Hey, let me, let me show you why this is, why you should do it this way. You know? Right. But sometimes I just, I want to say, Hey, look, just move that over there and it'll be, it'll be even better. How would you describe your style? Um, I guess, I don't know. It, I, I have people tell me all the time that they can, when they're scrolling through Instagram or whatever, they can, and they see a picture, they know it's mine. I, I don't know. I agree with that. I don't, I, it's, I don't really, I don't think that, like, I don't set out to, you know, some people have, like, they do moody shots or whatever. Right. Like, I just take pictures. And I guess, I mean, I'm the, it's the same person taking them over and over. So obviously they're going to be, somewhat similar um I don't, I don't know that i have a style necessarily i just i'm like i'm always looking for like what would be a cool picture if i see one i try to take it yours are always very crisp if it looks like it belongs in national geographic i'm like okay ed, ed probably took it well there's a lot of bad ones that you don't see trust me <laughs> that, don't, that don't that don't make it to instagram or anywhere else i promise but um yeah i don't know i, I just um i guess the maybe um if i was going to use a one description probably be can like I take a lot of candid stuff. Um, I'm not real big. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge like grip and grin. Right. You know the kill shots. Um, but I mean you got to take them. But uh, I like taking uh, like natural stuff where whoever I'm taking the picture of most time doesn't even know that I'm taking the picture. Right. And so because you're gonna get a more real reaction. You're gonna. Uh, it's not something the stage. I mean don't get me wrong. We, you know, any photographer that's does this is taking some stage shots but for the most part they're all in real time and they're all authentic and so you you get a more um real interaction with the subject um a lot of times stage pictures look like staged pictures right and it's you know you can tell so um most of mine i guess the subject's not even looking at the camera um right. and it's not like i set out to do that it's just I guess that's just how it ends up being. And I, I noticed it after a while. That I was like, man, I don't ever take a picture of somebody looking at the camera. And I think it's, for me, it, I, I just like taking the candid ones, I guess. It tells a better story. Yeah, I think sure. so. So on the way up here, this is a great way to close the podcast. On the way up here, my audience <laughs> requested that I ask this question. Oh, Lord. I heard you use... <laughs> Oh, man, this ought to be really good. I heard you used to be a Maggie Williams hater. <laughs> what changed your mind? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Question from the audience. <laughs> well, I didn't think we were taking Q&As here. <laughs> no, I definitely was not a Maggie Williams hater for sure. Uh, let me let me say that. Um, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, so I, I, let me say this. So <laughs> there are there are certain there are certain people on Instagram um, that, especially I, I know as a woman, y'all have it tougher because especially somebody that is authentic and genuine, y'all probably have it a lot tougher than than we do because there's so many I think females that are on Instagram and stuff that aren't authentic that they they're doing it more just for show. So right initially i had kind of heard that and so and a lot of you know you got to go to your source a lot of times right and so um i, I didn't dislike you whatsoever i just i <laughs> I, I had that impression in my head let I me say know that it. it's okay so then fast forward to me meeting you and spending some time with you and seeing what a genuine person you are and 
the first time I heard you blow a duck call, I was like, well, she's not faking it. <laughs> she, <laughs> she can work this cut down. She's doing, she knows a little bit about what she's doing. She sounds Thanks, better than man. I do. So I think it was more of a, I thought you had fallen into that category and then well, when I got around you, I thought, well, oh, she's pretty awesome and super nice. And but thanks, Ed. I'm a genuine hunter. And I think, um, you know, like I said before, I think there's a handful of girls I, that I know, um, you know, you, Macy, Cindy Wells, that I think if there wasn't social media, y'all would still be doing exactly what you're doing. And I right. think that's, to me, um, that's really cool. That, Thank you. You know, that y'all are very genuine. That, like I said, that it's not about... Anything other than y'all enjoy doing it. Right. Well, I wasn't, so fishing. <laughs> I wasn't fishing for compliments, Ed, or trying to catch you off guard. That was totally a joke. But no, seriously, Ed, I, I mean it. I get it. I mean, I, I saw one yesterday. And I actually had a conversation with Brooks about, I think he knew this person, but like that had posted a picture of, they shot a duck and was like, hey, we've got the first duck of the morning. And I was like, wow, that's a grebe. <gasps> and, and I was like, man, like, well, they're protected. <laughs> might want to get, get that off that Instagram. But, you know, like it's, it's you know, it's very telling sometimes. But, right. um, but you know, like there's a bunch of y'all that are authentic and genuine. And it, like I said, it's, it's really refreshing to be around y'all. And it's, you know, y'all are just like the rest of the guys. And so probably better hunters than... Then I know that the three of y'all are probably better hunters and fishers than most anybody you come into contact with. Well, I will, I'll graciously thank you for that in the hunter category. However, with a fishing pole, I am no. Well, I, was, I was saying Macy was. Macy. She, she, I know she would outfish. She would outfish anybody. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely wouldn't want Sydney Wells stalking me with any sort of weapon. Definitely uh, not. I mean, she kills more big deer with her bow and stuff that i mean she's she's a killer um, we've know. actually we've got a fly fishing trip the three of us girls in montana next spring so i'm excited i think that'll be cool but i, I think that's such a funny question a funny <laughs> way to in the podcast but no ed seriously you rock and if i did not think you were a rock star I would have never asked that on the podcast <laughs> i have no problem i appreciate it you're the best ed and i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me i appreciate you having me it's, it's been a blast it's been a lot Good of fun to catch up well, we have to share a hunt together sometime. For and sure. You got to leave the camera at home. Uh, I'm not going to leave the camera at home. <laughs> I would say, I mean, literally in 10 years, um, I, I've, I've gone hunting without my camera, at least having it with me one time. And it was because we our side by side broke that morning and I left it in my truck because we were in a hurry. And lo and behold, a, like a 160 inch deer walked right out in the decoys when it happened. And I was just like, the one, that's the only time I've ever forgotten my camera. And, like 10 or 12 years no kidding and it's 160 inch deer chasing a doe like standing in on the other side of the decoys and i was just like how's this possible that was god pulling your leg i, I was like well i'm never gonna forget it again <laughs> wow well you, okay I'll, I'll make you this offer you at least have to bring a gun fair enough fair enough awesome we'll do that thank you ed no problem well where can people find you ed uh instagram uh tiktok is at edwall81 uh i think same for youtube and uh, wall media on facebook awesome well thank you guys for listening to another episode of the maggie williams podcast and we are out and don't forget guys that the maggie williams podcast has officially launched merch the link is in the podcast description below it's also in the link tree in my instagram and tiktok bios that's www.themaggiewilliamspodcastshop.com Thank you all so much. It's a huge blessing to be in this position, and I give all the glory to God. I'll see y'all same time next week.